everyone hi nathan hi hello hi that's fun to say hi welcome to reckless attack we are a fifth edition dungeons and dragons actual play podcast i am your dungeon master slash master of all accents nathan (laughs) i once again i'm sure that what what new fresh perfectly done accents will i unveil this week we'll just have to find out but i'm not going to go on because seated to my right is hello everyone i'm steve and i am playing Selv Esterlin, the dragonborn monk who is uh about to leave the bar i think was where the last time we left off give or take mm-hmm. so you get to see him stumble around <laughs> hi everyone i'm david and i play caskrin brightmane the dwarven warlock who is slowly or quickly finding his new favorite spot in the neighborhood, <laughs> Torts and Ports. Be there or be square. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pal, Mango. Checkers has had a great night of drinking and feeding, <laughs> feeding a very, very large dog. And is contemplating, how do I feed more cheese to this dog so it gets larger? Is that what being a good adventurer is? Yes. Is that and also just what does being the best gilder mean to Burga and also himself? And contemplating these life questions. Mm, very deep. I'm sure that has nothing to do with the mal's wort that he consumed. No, not 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 at all. <laughs> Hi everybody. I'm Sophie. I play Valeska Carter, the human astro cleric of the Arcana domain. Val has gained a lot of knowledge this night. Um Chief among that, Mal's wart's gross. Yes. <laughs> it is gross. I think that the lesson we've all learned, mm-hmm. the important one, or is it though? What if it's actually great? Yeah, right? Vale will probably take that second shot just to confirm her thesis. Well, her you got to test it to be tested. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. scientific method. Exactly. So last time you guys went out as an adventuring party, had some drinks with Berga, your office admin, visiting Torts and Ports. And getting to know the bartender, Hira, and learned a little bit about his sister, Yama, who run it. Uh, There is a morning baker and a night bartender, essentially. We are going to open on a bit of a montage because, as everyone knows, after a couple shots, a couple ales, some fancy fruity cocktails, things can get a little bit blurry as the night winds on. The camera in whatever hangover or miscellaneous party montage movie sequence that you choose to associate with our podcast, we see flashes of the rest of the evening going on with our adventurers. And we'll start with Val. Yeah, Val's not drunk. She stopped at the uh, fruity cocktail. (laughs) One drink. Yep. Do they have food? At night? Yes. Okay. Yes. She got a tort and a port for Etris. Good. Because he never showed. <laughs> no, he did not. She will return home, go upstairs before heading to Etris, grab a, 
in case of emergency jar mm-hmm. that was given to her by Etris. Got it. Bring it with her to go see Etris because he sounded like he was in a bit of a pickle. Make sure he's okay. Give him his food and his drink. Kind of whatever the equivalent of like a alchemical fire extinguisher yes. would be type mm-hmm. of deal. Got it. Yeah. And then make sure he's okay. Yeah. Assume he is because... He might have just like glued himself to something. It's, or, it has. It wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. Probably won't be the last. Mm-hmm. Then she will head to the desk again, clean up. Like I'm assuming she like left a journal out or something. Clean up a little bit, and then head upstairs. She hasn't really unpacked her room because no, she immediately she went to the desk. <laughs> the rest of her night will be spent. Very much like Selv and setting up his room, like making sure it's tidy, everything is organized. In addition to that, she will set up, there is like a chapel in the guild, but she will mm-hmm. set up her own little corner, more so for the illustrious Atheum, mm-hmm. and sit in reflection and prayer, because she hasn't done that since yeah. she got to <laughs> yeah. Agmar, and spend the night reflecting. Yeah, and kind of decompressing. Yeah. Exactly. So Checkers has had too much Malzwort this evening. <laughs> he has had the two other shots that were promised in the drinking contest and has, what I'm saying, has failed all of his constitution checks. <laughs> so he has passed out on the ground and you actually see his color start to change <laughs> as he goes from <laughs> blue to more of a purplish color Ooh. <laughs> as the Malzwort is really kind of starting to take effect. Uh, so Messed he, with his body chemistry. Right, yes, right. Yes. So he's passed out on the ground. He's probably covered in bits of cheese at this point. And, and mud. And mud. <laughs> and Boyo is just lazily laying next to Checker, just licking his face. Yes, Boyo, the giant St. Bernard. So on, on one side is just this large St. Bernard, and the other side is just Mango sleeping. <laughs> and Checker is just laying there concussed, <laughs> being licked by a, a large dog. And that's how he spends the rest of his evening. Until until Self dragged home, and presumably. Valeska would make sure <laughs> yeah. he got back to the guild hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caskrin yeah. mm-hmm. would actually, I think Caskrin would be in the small percentage of people that actually likes Malzport. And so he takes <laughs> the this. last two shots with gusto. He has a couple more drinks and he actually spends a good bit of time hanging out with Namgar. Yeah. Getting introduced to the rest of the town's guard and. There's a moment when he's got Namgar shoulder and shoulder like buddies and we're all singing like a drinking song, yeah. basically. Namgar is going between talking about guard chatter with you, but also being very insistent. like, you don't understand. I've got to get back to my wife. But also then goes back to being friendly with you and is very clearly like torn. Like gets distracted. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, distracted. Yeah. But my wife is so <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> the rest of the town guard filters out. It's yeah. starting to get a little bit late. Kaskrin has had a lot of drinks in him and is just sitting down next to where Checkers is, just gently petting Mango. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Until everyone is basically ready to leave. When he gets back to the guild hall, he's not really drunk. It's just been, you know, a fun night with friends. And he spends the night getting ready, brushing his teeth, getting comfortable, and then just right back into his bed sheets. He pulls them over (laughs) him and just settles into sleep. If only you could see the just cheered, blissful look on David's face, yeah. representative of Casper's face. Like, ah, it yes. was yeah. perfection. Selva's going to do a couple of things. Um, first, he's going to pick up checkers and, and drape Smart. checkers over Mango. And uh, he is uh, 
So aside from the Mel's wart shot he took at the beginning, maybe a pint of beer or mm-hmm. something yeah. that is less likely to mess him up. And uh, Selv has also balanced it out with food, but he's still a little, maybe had a little bit too much. As they're headed back, Selv will have his hand on Mango. It's hard to tell if it's to guide him or to prevent himself from tipping over at some point, <laughs> but he eventually get back to the guild hall and get them into either their, actually the roof, get them on the roof. <laughs> so Selv helps Checkers and Mango get onto the roof. And Selv goes into his room and sits down, takes out a small, like a fur kind of throw rug type mm-hmm. thing, puts it on the ground, sits cross-legged, and begins to try to meditate. Unfortunately, unsuccessfully. Like, mm. he can't get into the whole calming mindset of a meditation. Mm-hmm. So he's having some difficulty doing that. Okay. The guild hall, slowly but surely, goes to bed. The... Frogs are beautifully lit in the moonlight atop the roof. A horrible, demonic, trollish creature prowls the halls, dragging things behind him at all times, but (laughs) surprisingly never so loud that it disrupts your sleep. Prayers are said, offerings given, snug bedsheets pulled up under dwarven chins, and things fall silent. Save for one, self who is trying to find that place of serenity and is unable. Selva's been sitting there for quite a while, trying to calm himself and get into some kind of meditative state. And this image of the fear deer darkness keeps popping into his head and jostling out of any kind of calmness that he has. But as he's sitting there with his eyes closed and trying to calm himself... I imagine there's there's a couple of candles lit for light. At some point, as he's going through this mantra that he has to try to, to get into some kind of calm state, the light from the candles actually starts to get brighter and brighter. Mm-hmm. In the flame of it is an image, uh, kind of like a shadowy fire image of the deer skull and the horns from Selv's perspective of it basically right up against his forehead mm-hmm. and, and staring at him. And he kind of unfortunately gets a little bit more and more agitated because he can't get this image out of his head and uh, finally stands up and gestures at the candle kind of in frustration. There's actually a gust of air that begins swirling around his fist and shoots out and knocks the candle over and blows it out and knocks the candle over. (laughs) It doesn't start a fire. (laughs) Good, good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll catch that right now. His eyes go wide for a little bit. He kind of like looks around at it. And there's kind of this picture on his face of, did I just do that? Or was that, you know, did it fit through the window or something? And so he, he kind of goes, he picks up the candle, he doesn't relight it. And then he just lies down and tries to actually just sleep uh, mm-hmm. instead of meditate. He wakes up a couple of times, I think during the night, kind of suddenly and and looking around, realizes where he is and that he's not trapped in anything. And it's not pitch black because there's still some candles lit. And tries to fall back asleep. And so has a has a fitful night. So first of all, Steve, Selv's wisdom damage is healed to full. Nice. Nice. Boo. Right. I like this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, now I can complete those uh, stories I've been telling. <laughs> well, Jonathan, uh-huh. it's interesting you mentioned that. Hmm. Because Selv, during the course of the night, as you are 
up and down and having a restless sleep. You hear shouting from outside of your window of someone clearly not even calling for help, but screaming in what seems to be terror. I will go to the window and push the, uh, I imagine there's some kind of wooden slats or, or Absolutely. To, to open push the window. Yes. I'll, <laughs> uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. I will go there and I will push open the window. I want to do it. So that is what I do. Yes. yes. I'll look outside and see what is going on. Do you have dark vision? Uh, surprisingly, no. Okay. Jonathan. Yes. I think you're really going to eat your words. Oh, no. <laughs> Self, you see someone you recognize from the caravan who is screaming in terror and holding a torch alight. This was the individual who you all saw try to help Self with the spear on the caravan. Did anyone remember this person's name? Edward. Ooh. Wow. Excellent. So not broomstick guy. But the other one who was able to see it. And the reason that he is screaming is because he is looking up into the air, holding his torch high. And a few feet away from him, Selv, you see a familiar skull and a familiar darkness descending over the form of... Some sort of humanoid that you can't see and seemingly lifting it up into the air. What do you do? Get up. Awaken. Self will grab his quarterstaff and run out of the room, yelling for everybody to wake up and will head towards the alarm bell. We'll say it's like on your guys' floor. I'm imagining like a, a system. Yeah. And like a two story rope, basically, where there's it's almost like a bell tower at the top. So you can pull it from either first or second floor to raise an alarm and you can run so straight will, to it from uh, your room. I will do that. I will give it one That's or cool. two big pulls and then keep running downstairs and out the door and head towards that creature because it and I have to have some words. OK. Hell yeah. <laughs> nice. You all wake up. Mm -hmm. You all hear a bell. You hear Selv saying, you know, wake up, get up. We need you. What happens? And also, what pajamas are you wearing? (laughs) (laughs) Val immediately gets up. She's wearing like a sleeveless tunic and some loose pants. She will, hearing the bell and Selv being very confused, reach for her shield and her equala and just run out the door okay so you're going down the stairs out the front door basically to yeah. follow mm-hmm. what you assume self where mm-hmm. he's off to Kaskrin joins her in the hallway running through the corridor he has his side dagger in hand the one he instinctually pulls whenever he's awoken like this he's wearing like kind of a plain white undershirt he's mm-hmm. taken off his very nice <laughs> silken uh pajamas i'm imagining and, and the hat and, and i know he wouldn't spend the time to do it but i'm imagining kaskarin being a drilled towns guardman has learned to like perfectly fold it extremely yeah. <laughs> quickly in a way that does not take any time but is perfectly preserving yeah he still has his like baby blue silk pj bottoms yeah <laughs> but then it's just running outside barefoot yeah got it 
Checkers probably like rolls over just like, uh, Mango, what's going on? And the He's bell like, is probably like right next to where you're sleeping. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm imagining it's like right. on the roof, right. right? Yeah, exactly. It is right there. Right. It's like, oh, Mango, make it stop. Uh, as he like slowly just like rolls onto Mango's back and like holds on to the saddle. <laughs> and Mango just, you know, it's like, oh, Mango, where are we going? And Mango actually would be getting up, getting ready, and yes. jumping towards where Selv is yelling. But Checkers is just like, just like struggling not to like throw up a little bit. Uh, I have this vision where Junior <laughs> is living inside the tricorn hat, and the little in the middle of it is actually his house. Oh my god! It's like, yeah, a, like, little a, little, like a little window there. Yeah. He, like Junior looks out, is like, Bleh, and then he comes out. Imagine hat. Junior where like reading a novel. Yeah, <laughs> in a, with, in a child yeah. with spectacles down yeah, right. his nose. And yeah, like a like a smoking robe. Yeah. On. <laughs> you know, and a pipe. It's been a few <laughs> weeks since we've asked for fan art, but. But please. <laughs> Junior just has a pocket dimension inside, right. yeah. 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 inside yeah. the hat. Yes. Yeah, it turns out Checkers' hat, object of focus, yeah. but a very specific one. Who would have thought? <laughs> so, remind me, who has dark vision in this party? Kaskrin. I think it's, is it just Kaskrin? Just yes. Kaskrin. <laughs> okay. Mango does too, but in case that matters. Oh, <laughs> it, it, it does. Okay, yeah. both, um, both Mango and Junior have and, dark and vision. And so, like you said, Mango instinctually... After waiting for yeah. you and getting the sense that like, okay, we're going to do something, starts moving towards where he knows Selv is heading yeah. and moves to the end of the rooftop, essentially. Uh -huh. And now you can see the same thing that Selv did because of the torchlight that is right there. You can see uh -huh. this person in terror uh -huh. whose face you might recognize and you see this familiar skull that is weirdly legible i guess is not the right word Re weirdly visible because of how white the skull is and how dark its weird robish blackness is it is almost so contrasting that all it absorbs all the light and reflects it so you can still kind of see where it is kaskrin and val you have both immediately jumped into action you're a little bit behind self but it seems like maybe we should roll for initiative. Uh, we meet again. Yes. <laughs> I thought we were done with uh, this thing after we got egg yeah. Oh, yeah. we're safe, right? Just no. one of them. Well, now I'm trying to, now I'm wondering how it got in here. That's a great question, Steve. Val has a 10. Checkers with a 15. JK, it's a nine. I added a plus. <laughs> <laughs> Kaskrin has a 16. Selv is going on four. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I just cinematically am imagining you guys all more or less arriving onto the scene somewhat similarly. We're going to say that, Selv, you are as close as you kind of want to be, and Kaskrin, you are relatively just behind. Okay. Kaskrin, you are up first. You see this caravan member who is just standing there, no weapons, nothing, just a torch looking horrified and kind of slowly backing away from this creature and someone else whose screams you can now also hear a little bit muffled inside the creature being borne upwards into the air. The only things that you can see of this person are legs dangling out and eyes sticking out just wide and terrified. Kaskrin charges at this creature and is about to loose an eldritch blast at it until he sees the bright white eyes of someone who is maybe trapped inside this creature, maybe eaten by it. 
and he pulls back at the last second. On himself, he casts Armor of Agathus, protecting himself with a first-level spell. Cool. And from the ground, he casts Stone Forming, throwing away his dagger and pulling from these, like, cobblestoned streets a a long handle from the rock. And the end of it is what looks like a stone broom. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. He holds it menacingly. Nice. (laughs) Leave them alone. (laughs) Checkers, you are on the rooftop. You are overseeing all of this. What do you do? This is the first time that Mango is actually going to make an appearance because as we have been traveling, I'm imagining that Mango has been spending a lot of time sparring and training with with, with different people here. With Junior. With with Junior, yeah, exactly. (laughs) With Kaskarin, with Valeska, with Selb. So as Mango is kind of going over this rooftop and seeing the scene below, Checkers also kind of wakes up a little bit and says, oh, not not again. (laughs) All right, Mango. You ready? Let's go, boy. (laughs) So Mango is going to begin sort of... I'm imagining that this building is next to another building. Absolutely, yeah. You guys are all pretty close. Relatively close. You'd have no problem. Mango's going to do this thing where Mango's going to like jump between the sides of the building all the way down to the bottom. And as he's jumping, Checkers is going to hang on to like a windowsill halfway down, maybe on the second floor, so that he dismounts Mango and Mango continues jumping down to the bottom of the alley. Oh, cool. So Checkers is hanging there up on the second floor. Mango is actually going to interpose himself between this deer skull and Edward. Yeah. And look menacingly, just like (laughs) get ready to defend Edward from whatever this thing is. Checkers, as a bonus action, is going to cast the spell Sanctuary from atop the second floor. Okay. And Edward, all of a sudden, looks like he's kind of in this underwater sphere. Like, looking through it, you can kind of see this weird distortion of light. Yeah, totally. But it's as though Edward was underwater. And then as an action, Checkers is going to call it to cast. Cast, is it back? It's back. I don't know how it got in here, but this thing got in through the walls. Uh, not again. <laughs> uh, all right. Checkers also sees that the fear of your darkness has enveloped someone. So he's going to try and reach out. Uh, he doesn't have his crossbow on him. Yeah. But he essentially just makes a throwing motion, and this jagged fishing hook extends from the other hand that's not being used to hold on to the wall. Awesome. And tries to grasp onto the person that the darkness is enveloping. Awesome. Making a melee spell attack. Yeah, I'm going to say you have no problem being close enough to that. I'm I'm imagining it kind of just like out on the street where like these people happen to be walking by it. Who knows how late. So yeah, absolutely. So he's going to try and grab onto this person to hopefully pull them out of the darkness. 20 to hit the person. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, hopefully this doesn't kill them. Yeah. (laughs) I can only do so much. Ooh, that's max damage is what I'm seeing. Jabs this person in the leg, the visible leg, and it like makes a really solid impact. You can see this thing connect. But Checkers does make this strong pulling motion. Yeah. And the fishing line retracts, pulling the person out of the darkness ten feet. Um towards Checkers. And then they fall to the ground. <laughs> okay. Um, does that breaks grapples? Correct? Yeah. So forced movement would break grapples. Perfect. That's what I assumed. I'm almost imagining you like reeling in like a sport fish, practically. <laughs> I'm going to wreck on one thing. Actually, maybe mm-hmm. so. Mango would probably be a little bit more prepared for this. So as oh, I love that. Checkers is pulling the person. Mango is like 
getting himself ready to try and catch the person as they fall from the top, you know, from the alleyway. It's not too far up from the ground, yeah. so I have no problem letting Mango just be under it yeah. and not have to roll anything right. okay. to catch or anything cool, like yeah. that. Cool, yeah. Mango is just trying to break the fall. You lash this thing successfully, and you guys all see this like tendril of arcane energy go out. And checkers, you haul this thing yeah. in, essentially. <laughs> you know, still a little bit drunk like any good early morning fisherman. It's still like light purple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you see slowly in a truly disconcerting manner, see this person, whoever this mortal is, be slowly like glorped is the only verb that I can come out <laughs> up with out of whatever this strange skull creature is. And there's a lot of resistance, but eventually it pops out and you see a person dressed in a town guard uniform. Oh. Uh, it is a male elf. It's It's very funny. You can kind of hear a <laughs> as more and more of their mouths get uncovered uh-huh. and they flop down onto checkers and this thing immediately like a fish in water you can see it spin down and make direct eye contact with the lost prey and you see its huge black tail almost flourish behind mm-hmm. it as it looks down separated from its prey nice one checkers yeah And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength and diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hey everyone, Jonathan here with the mid-roll. If you're looking for the hottest frog memes around, join the Reckless Attack community on Discord. You can find a link to it in the show notes of our latest episodes or on our website, recklessattack.com. Want to support the show? Tell a friend or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash recklessattack, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback show, as well as our new Reckless to Snack series, where we eat snacks, hang out, and just talk about whatever's on our mind. Thanks so much for listening to us, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Is the mortal on top of Mango dead? No. Cool. Still conscious? Still conscious. Great. Val will, at a full sprint, when she gets in range, cast Sacred Flame at the Fear Deer. And it will need to (laughs) make a dexterity saving throw. Cool. As you are approaching it, 
you remind me of this because you very funnily and correctly called it a fear deer. Its antlers are a little bit different than they were. It was a little bit deerish Mm -hmm. previously, and now they are almost a little bit more insect-like, where it points straight outwards, and there are almost, it's almost like a moth, where you see little antennae, little and two antennae poking straight out that have these fronds going out, and that are in the exact same place as the antlers, and seem to still be made out of bone. That is incredibly worse. Yes, <laughs> yes, it that. is. I hate that so much. Uh, and thanks, so, Nathan. You're welcome. <laughs> All of you would see this, and so you don't know if it's the same one, if it's different, if it's changed, or what. But it is clearly the same kind of creature, but looks and is flying, which is definitely something that yeah. you wanted to happen. Goth moth. Goth moth. Uh, right. I love sure, it. Sure. There we go. <laughs> so, uh oh. Steve, yeah. watch out. Yeah. Sophie's coming for you. We got beard you and we got goth moth. Um, all right. Dexterity save, right? Yes. Okay. That is a fail. Woo! Yes. Eight oh. plus three. Oh. No, no, no. Uh, is this another dexterity modifier no, it's situation? Just eight points. Eight points. Oh, of yeah, that's right. Okay. Force damage. Ooh, force damage. Mm-hmm. And that is my action as a bonus action. <laughs> bonus because wait, I there's have more them now. <laughs> Val will cast her first second level <gasps> spell. So fancy. Uh oh, I'm in trouble. I'm in danger. Yes. <laughs> spiritual weapon. Ooh. You see her left arm where the shield is come full in front of her and she swings like as she's running her right arm mm-hmm. swings back but mm-hmm. instead of running like the normal movement going alongside of her she pushes it oh, cool. with all of her might into the back of her shield and everyone sees it like force push the chalice image cool. on the front of her right. shield cool. directly cool. out. Great. Yeah. And yeah. it like flies but like forcefully yeah, up absolutely. to the goth moth and will have this liquid come out of it and as it gets yeah. within range, the liquid will kind of whip it yeah. uh, cool. and try to hit it. Cool. Take advantage for that very excellent Hell description. Yeah. Sweet. I love that so I was much. ready for That's it just so to be cool. a book. Yeah, yeah. right. Which, yeah. like, I would have been equally as delighted, yeah. a, but that a was book wonderful. Or one of those stamp things yeah. that they use. And she just hasn't like, been to the library. <laughs> That's true. And again, they can always change. 13? That's a miss. Dang. Just barely. It sees it coming and is just barely able to kind of swerve out of the way midair to get mm-hmm. out of the way, even as it keeps its attention very focused on its prey, much in the same way that you guys saw it attack Selv almost single-mindedly. One quick question. Yes. How far was Val able to run in relation to Edward? So I would say you're about 30 feet away or so. Okay. That would be the case with probably Cass, give or take. I imagine I'll probably get there next turn if yeah, I keep running. You know. Exactly. And then, Selv, you are however close you would like to be ahead of that. But it is not Selv's turn yet. It is its turn. You guys all see Edward, and you see his torchlight flicker in this mesmerizing way behind the water that it seems like he is behind. You also see this town guardsman who is on top of checkers and is 
scrambling, just full panic. Again, just in the same way that you saw Selv panic and just absolutely break down. And he's not getting off of Mango yet, but he is clearly terrified. You guys can all hear him. He's saying it very loudly. I, I don't want to go up. No, I know. No, I, I can't. I can't. Not up there. No. This thing does one big flourish in midair as it dodges away from Val's second attack and then swoops down on to this guard and to Mango. Mm. And is going to first make an attack against Mango mm-hmm. with one of its strange noodly appendages. <laughs> noodly? Oh, no. <laughs> Ooh, that's an 18 on the die. Oh, that definitely hits. Uh, and max damage. Huh. 11 points of damage. Oh, Mango's not looking so hot. <laughs> <laughs> we might find out what happens when Mango dies very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but it is also going to make an attack mm-hmm. against this guardsman. Yeah. Okay. Another 18 on the die. Wow. Thank you, Curse Maroon. you, Maroon DM yeah. die. Maroon right. DM die. Wow. It, has, it has not been the hottest during this campaign, but now it is. So it is going to take max damage again. <laughs> ah, stop. And you see this entity, this monster, envelops, like just splats onto the ground on top of both Mango, Mango no. and the guard. And you can see it lift upwards 5, 10, 15 feet up into the air. Mango is still down there, has definitely been hit, but the guard is no longer there. The face of the guard is pointing through this creature and is almost being, now you notice, pointed downward. So he can see himself be lifted off the ground and you can see, no, no, no! Self will run slightly off center, but underneath the Mm -hmm. creature so he can get a good shot at it. And then he'll close his eyes for a second and concentrate and wind will be begin to whip around his fist and then he's I'm going to use fist of unbroken air oh, um, nice. and you don't say I, I do say <laughs> luckily he is just within range this is an unarmed attack that I can make to a creature within 15 feet so it's a, it's a ranged oh, unarmed attack so you have to like go underneath this thing practically to be in range that's awesome 21 to hit Oh, yes. Absolutely, it will. That is going to do... And do you need to spend any key to activate that? Not for that, but for the effect I want to do, yes. Okay, very interesting. It is... Punch from 15 feet away all the time. Maximum damage. A lot of that going around. (laughs) Six points. Then I will spend a key point. And when I do that, if the attack hits, you can spend one key point to force the target to make a strength saving throw or be pushed back 10 feet and be knocked prone. Fascinating. Nice. Oh, wow. So hopefully I am underneath enough that if this works, I would be able to somewhat catch whoever's coming Let's out of this Let's see thing. what story the dice tell. But I think, I think so. But then it also might fall on top of you. So we'll see what happens. True. It is a strength saving throw, DC 12. Again, forced movement rules. So it would still break whatever grapple it had if it fails. It's a five on the oh, die. Oh, yeah. That is Come a on. failure. Self runs underneath, and like I said, he kind of concentrates for a second, and wind begins to whip around his fist. Under his breath, he just says, not this time, and punches upward. Basically, it's kind of invisible, but there's like a, a small, 
I guess we call it a shockwave effect. It slams into this creature, and the creature just almost balloons up like it got filled with air, yeah. and then is shoved backwards 10 feet, just basically straight oh, cool. into the air. Like and a then, plastic bag, Yeah, almost. kind of, yeah. And then we have a falling town's guard. Selv would yell to Mango, Catch the guard and move. And then Selv would head one direction out from under this thing. Hopefully Mango will go the other direction after catching the guard okay. out of this thing. Because it is Mango catching, yes. I'm once again fine with hand-waving it because I described it being lifted straight up into the air mm-hmm. and, like, he would fall just on <laughs> yeah. Mango. Uh-huh. And yeah. I am fine with that being the case. I don't need, I don't give a shit about fall yeah. damage. He is a chonky boy yeah, and also so- a soft boy. Uh-huh. But what I will do is I'm going to have Mango and I'm going to have Selv make me a DC 10 dexterity saving throw to Ooh. get out of the way of this creature. All right, so Mango's going to catch the guard on his on the saddle and just, like, squish a little bit and then pop back up, and he's going to try and dodge <laughs> out of the way. I rolled, <gasps> I rolled a one. Oh, no. Do you have an inspiration you'd like to use, perhaps? Technically, yes, but I, it's it's been, like, so long, I'll probably just say... That's fine. We get to keep them. We get to hoard okay, them. Okay. Yes, I would like to use okay. the inspiration on this dice, please. Sorry, I have had my hands on my head for some time <laughs> yes. because please. of our poor sweet Frago. Please and thank you. Uh... 20. Yeah. <laughs> the fates, the fates aligned. Uh, so right. what did you get? Self. No pressure or anything. 14 on the dexterity uh, save. A 10 on the dice. So ten, exactly ten the between the 1 and the 20. <laughs> yes. just that, that is true. That is true. You guys are both able to dramatically jump out of the way as this thing again kind of puffs up with air and then collapses onto the ground. And it does not make a sound as it hits the ground. It just... Boom. And you see some dust get kicked up. Um, anything else you'd like to do, Self? Have I used my bonus action for getting out of the way? Um, I, I guess mechanically. Nope. You, you just did a saving throw. Okay. In that case, I will use my bonus action to smack it with my staff. Okay. Yeah, Steve did. <laughs> yeah. See, Sophie, you are trying to come for him. Uh, <laughs> you came no, up with pun names him, and then... I'm trying to get him to do the sound. <laughs> if I do it poorly, he'll do it he'll, right. He'll do it right. right. Right, 18 to hit. Yes, absolutely. Eight points of bludgeoning damage. Nice. Ooh. Thank you, D and Disaster Story. These <laughs> dice are working out pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have a self. We have a creature. We have a mango carrying a guard we have a protected edward behind shimmering water and we have a cascarin and a val all closing on the position as this creature is now just kind of in a strange puddle of blob kind of sitting in the middle of the road but you also know it is probably not done cascarin what do you do is this creature prone it is prone okay cascarin is going (laughs) there's a gleam in your eyes I was going to use a fun new ability, but instead I'm just going to punch this thing. I'm going to do a hit upon it. Yeah, I'm just going to hit on it. Kaskrin is charging up with this broom. He's just yelling. I love this broom so much. yelling in anger. And almost dragging it behind him as he is running towards this creature, about to hit him with it. And it's like kicking up all this dust behind you because it's a broom. (laughs) It's very dramatic. So as he runs, he casts heavy blow on the broom. And where the broom was dragging against the ground before, it suddenly 
doubles or triples in weight, <laughs> and now it is like uh, almost pulling stones from the ground yes. as he is dragging oh, this. Now it's a street sweeper. <laughs> <laughs> he casts booming blade on it as well, just overcharging <laughs> it with energy before swinging it onto this goth moss body. Heavy blow with a bonus action, and Booming Blade is the regular action along with the attack. So with these two spells, he attacks the Goth Moth. Since the creature is prone, I have advantage. I, know, I was going to give you advantage because of the yeah. lovely description, but you, you got it. <laughs> 18 to hit. Ne- needed that advantage. Yeah, right. Yes, I did. That is a hit. Uh, that is going to deal. Let me guess. Max damage. <laughs> could, you imagine, could you imagine all these dice that he just picked up? It's like, oop, oops, all sixes. Yeah, right. Yeah. 23 points of damage. Holy fuck <laughs> As me. this massively heavy stone oh. broom just drops onto this moth. Shit. <laughs> you just pile drive onto this limp form, basically, that is still there, and you, you get a solid blow, except you also remember it doesn't do as much damage as you thought it did. The broom, no. It wasn't the broom. I didn't say this earlier. I've been tracking it accordingly. For the three of you, meaning Kaskrin, Checkers, and Val, have not done as much damage as you would have thought. Self, you did full damage. But you also still did a shitload of damage just now. <laughs> I just love the visual of Self, like, punching this thing up into the air yeah. so hard. That it has to, like, it gets sent upwards and falls to the ground, and then Kaskin just coming in with a giant stone room just pile-driving it into the earth. keeps it down. Right. It's yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it goes up, and then down, and then more down. Sheesh. And that's just, that's just cool. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Checkers is seeing this all unfold, and it seems like Kaskin is just wailing on this thing with a stone broom. Mango, get out of there. Mango is going to, with the guard on his back, just sort of begin hopping out of the alley and try to find some cover inside the guild hall. Okay. Checkers would spend his bonus action to command Mango to disengage. If Mango is too close to the goth moth to get away safely, Mango is going to guard a little bit and move back carefully in such a way that the goth moth won't be able to hit him. From this, like, puddle of blackness, essentially, you see... We'll call it an arm, a pseudopod, a tentacle, a extension of darkness. Lash out, not at Mango, but at the guard. But because of it being prone and because of Mango using disengage, mm-hmm. I am just going to hand wave any attack rolls or whatever because that seems like just a lot of things <laughs> going against it. Uh-huh. But you see that it is not trying to attack Mango. It does a just a flailing, powerful grasp. And Mango is just able to save the guard from being enveloped mm-hmm. once more in this thing. Nice. Good job, Mango. Yeah, go Mango. Um, Checkers is going to take his turn to once again just whip a fishing hook now at the prone goth moth. Mm-hmm. He's going to once again cast Thorn Whip, and this is a melee spell attack, so it should get advantage if the creature is prone, is what I'm understanding. Uh, yeah, uh, as long oh. as it's a melee spell attack. Well, as long as you're within five feet of the creature. Oh. Is that true? Okay. Yeah, I, uh, yes, that is true. Okay, that's fair. Regular attack is fine. So I'm going to try and just jab it with the, the magically piercing fishing hook. Mm-hmm. Nine to hit. Nope. Okay. Alas. Cool. Checkers is still hanging onto this window cell, 
trying to help where he can, but he sees that, at the very least, Selv and Kaskrin seem to be handling this well enough for the most part, and then also seeing this chalice, you know, this magically filled chalice come in. It's like, I think we got this. <laughs> Val will rush towards Edward if she can get kind of next to him. Yeah, I think that's fine. He is still, like, so afraid that he almost hasn't even run. He is frozen as yeah. his fight, flight, or freeze. He has chosen freeze, apparently. She will drop her Yikuala and say, Edward, join the fight and try to give him a weapon. I could drop a weapon as a free action. Yeah, She's absolutely. not handing it to him. Like, <laughs> you pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> you, you use your object interaction <laughs> yeah. action. But then she will kind of stand in front of him, turn around, face the creature, and cast Hold Person. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's that second level spell popping mm-hmm. out again. Okay. DC 13 Wisdom Saving Throw. Question, though. Is it a humanoid? It's not a humanoid. Dang it. Yep. That's all right. Gotta try. Well, so it just you oh, you know, I know that it would not affect okay. it. That's okay. I'll do something else. I will bring the chalice down, and it just the chalice just comes straight down and just poof. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like the circle at the bottom of it just slams slams down Excellent. on it. Seventeen. To oh hit, yes, absolutely. Dealing eight points of damage. Ow! Hell yeah. And that is a little less than you'd hope. Val's a bonus action. Then Val's gonna cast Guiding Bolt at second level. Ooh, <laughs> hell yeah! Ooh. That's a nine on the die. Fourteen. That hits. Nice. Oh yeah. yeah. Boosty six. Oh no! Oh, oh wow! Look at that. <gasps> Oh yeah! Oh, oh no! Yeah. What? What? I, I can't see. I can't see. There's a. I rolled three sixes, a five, and a four. Holy <laughs> crap! So we were making all those fun memes about Maximum max damage, damage right. and oh no! It's a max damage kind of day. Uh, okay, so what? What's so the total? Uh, 18, 23, 27. Holy crap! <laughs> of radiant damage. Screw you, Cassie! <laughs> plus, plus, the next thing to attack it has advantage. Sophie, what does it look like oh. when you kill this creature? Oh, Woo-hoo. the chalice is hovering above the creature, yes. and it slammed down upon it. And the guiding bolt doesn't come from Val. It just comes yes. as like a pillar of light from the chalice. Fucking sick. And it hits this creature with such intensity that all of a sudden, like, everyone's eyes are blinded and it flashes and you just don't see what happens. And even just like the last time you guys defeated either this creature or a creature adjacent to it, by the time the light is gone, it is gone. There's no trace of it left. We once again enter into a bit of a montage. Guards, especially pinpointed by the huge pillar of light (laughs) that has just ascended into the heavens, swarm and, you know, administer first aid, check to make sure everyone is okay, ask questions. You know, people show up that you meet, that you talk to, overnight guard type folks. The night continues. You guys go back into your rooms eventually. You do whatever amount of sleep 
But in the morning, you guys are either woken up or are summoned downstairs after your night. You guys essentially got told, hey, we'll have people come and talk to you tomorrow to get a kind of a full statement. And Berga calls you guys down. There's someone here to talk to you, but uh, they are not town guard. But they are here about last night. Do you want to talk to them? Yes. Yeah, we should do that. Fine. Sure. You guys are kind of directed down into the map room. Where, standing in the middle of this room, again, no windows, twin suns rotating around, is a humanoid that appears to be a living tree. Oh, cool. Wearing what appears to be a trench coat (laughs) and is chewing on a twig and says, The attack you all stopped last night, that wasn't the first here in Agmar. I'm here to talk to you about it. And that is where we'll end this week's episode, everyone. Thanks for playing. Thanks for listening. See you next week. We got our film noir PI, guys. Yeah. <laughs>